In order to achieve New York's ambitious statutory greenhouse gas reduction goals, state policymakers have taken steps to ensure a transition to zero-emission passenger cars, heavy-duty vehicles, and school buses. But there are not specific timelines for phasing out other forms of transportation that add to the Empire State's carbon footprint, including watercraft, trains, and planes. To discuss the future greening of New York's transportation sector, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Wayne Arden, Vice Chair of the Sierra Club's New York City Group. Welcome to the show, Wayne. Thank you so much, David. Well, when we think about achieving New York's goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions uh, 85% of 1990 levels by 2050, how important is addressing the carbon footprint of the state's transportation sector? It's essential because if we don't reduce transportation-related emissions, we won't get there. Uh, Transportation is the second largest source of emissions in New York State, second to buildings, and nationwide is the first. And in terms of the polluters in the transportation sector that we need to worry about, uh, obviously there are cars and that comes to mind for everybody, but what other types of transportation are a particular concern when we think about the carbon footprint of this sector? I think so far, uh, efforts have focused on cars and trucks. And for example, we in the Sierra Club were very involved in working with former majority leader powers and helping generate support and pass the ZEV for New York City Act. And that act addresses the vehicles in New York City's fleet, which is the full range of vehicles from motorcycles to heavy duty trucks like garbage trucks. So those vehicles are certainly very important. But what we haven't really addressed are other forms of passenger transportation, including trains and aircraft and ferries and consumer boats, those types of things. Well, we often think about any form of transportation that accommodates a, a large number of people as being, say, the green alternative, whether it is, say, a train or a boat. So do those forms of transportation, while they are, say, greener than one person in their car, still carry an important uh, carbon footprint? They do indeed. And the goals of the Climate Act are ambitious, and we should try to uh, reduce emissions wherever we can. And the good news is that technological progress can allow us to reduce emissions in these transportation segments that haven't been looked at in detail before. So there's legislation that addresses some of these areas of transportation that have not been addressed in statute, and this includes watercraft, trains, and aviation. What are some of the changes that would be required as part of this legislation that the the Sierra Club is backing? The idea behind this, if we step back a bit, is that you you referenced the goal of reducing direct emissions by 85% in 2050. When the analysts really were looking at that calculation when the climate bill was being proposed, they didn't consider these transportation segments. And what's happening is that because of rapid uh, technological advancements in battery, battery energy density and motors and circuitry, all three of the segments that we'll talk about, watercraft, aircraft, and trains, can indeed be substantially decarbonized in the relatively near future. And so what this bill really does is it says we can reduce emissions, but it also at the same time says we can create good paying jobs here in New York State. And in all three of these segments, New York State has relative strengths, strong cards to play, not absolute strengths, but no one has that. We can reduce emissions and we can create good paying jobs in these three segments. 
So some of the legislation that we've seen to date, like in the passenger vehicle and light and heavy duty vehicle regulations impact what individual consumers can buy. What does this legislation impact? Is this going to impact, say, a New Yorker's ability to fly on a plane? Or, or is this more targeted at what uh, municipalities uh, are purchasing? Well, it's both. So if you consider the train aspect of this bill, what this bill requires is that the MTA to have fully zero emission trains by 2035, excluding trains that, that uh, go to Connecticut or New Jersey, uh, because that's not in uh, New York State's regulatory authority. And the technological advancement that is making this possible is battery electric trains. And in Europe, battery electric trains are being deployed in many countries now in Austria, Denmark, France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Spain, UK. It's progressing. And these trains have ranges of approaching 100 miles. Uh, and so that's the technological change that, that could allow the MTA to decarbonize Metro North and the Long Island Railroad. And half the track miles are served by diesel locomotives. When it comes to actually embracing this technology, how does the cost compare to what might be utilized uh, as an alternative? Well, that's, again, one of the powerful things about this regulatory change. There's a really good case study that's just about to happen. Caltrain in California is electrifying their line that goes from San Francisco to San Jose. And the service will start in September. The cost is $2.44 billion, about $48 million per mile. So if you take that as a standard and apply it to the MTA, it would cost a great deal of money to electrify via conventional approach on the order of, you know, back of the envelope calculation, $17 billion. But the beauty of battery electric commuter trains is that they don't need those overhead wires or third rail support. So they're vastly less expensive to deploy. And once the MTA does this, the MTA can save money because the MTA doesn't need to support two incompatible propulsion systems, diesel locomotives, and electric trains. And then if I on the jobs component of this, there's uh, New York State has a very strong card to play. If you look at the manufacturers of battery electric trains, there are four active in the United States. So Alstom, CAF, which is a Spanish company, uh, Stadler and Siemens. Alstom has two plants in New York State, one in Plattsburgh, one in Hornell. CIA, CAF has a plant in Elmira, Kawasaki has a plan in Yonkers. So if the MTA were to say, okay, this bill passes, the MTA starts using battery electric trains, that will, with great probability, generate manufacturing jobs in New York State. And it's a better story than that, because if you look at commuter trains across the country, 29 out of 36 in the United States and Canada substantially use diesel locomotives. So there's a big market there. And if New York State is proactive and moves first, we can both decarbonize our own commuter train system and create great manufacturing jobs here in New York State. Well, when it comes to a transition like the move towards zero emission school buses, the state policy is to basically require districts purchase zero emission vehicles as they're phasing out, say, the fleet that requires diesel do you envision this mandate on the MTA to be one where they only are required to purchase 
these zero emission commuter trains as they're looking to replace their fleet? Or would you force them to proactively make this transition? It's the second because it's already happening in Europe. I mean, the deployment is underway in many countries and you know, the deployment deadline of this bill is 11 years from now. So that gives the MTA a time to plan and to, to make this transition. And we need to make it because diesel locomotives are dirty and they contribute a lot of emissions. And we've got to think about ways of increasing the probability that the Climate Act indeed succeeds. Well, how about on the waterfront? What sort of mandates would this legislation put in place, including on uh, future ferry purchases? There are two aspects of the bill relating to watercraft. One is ferries, and the second is a consumer rebate to encourage the use of zero emission watercraft in New York waters. In ferries, it would require uh, publicly funded ferry systems. So those are ferry systems owned by the public or private companies that run ferry routes on behalf of the public, it requires them to start purchasing only zero emission ferries in 2030. And that's a pretty easy target. I mean, to give you a sense for that, New York State and New York City are behind in deploying zero emission ferries. And if you look around the world, many places in the world are deploying zero emission ferries. I mean, notably Bangkok is transitioning its ferry fleet to zero emissions. Korea has a fleet of 140 ferries that they will transition by 2030. So that is not a particularly difficult deadline to say, starting in 2030, you have to purchase only zero emission ferries. This could create jobs in New York State as well. New York State has a really strong card to play. New York State has the largest market for passenger ferries, the greatest number of passengers. Um, Washington State has the greatest number of passengers and vehicles. But if you look at just passengers, um, New York State has the largest market. And there are sort of multiple segments of it. Metropolitan New York, ferries that go to Fire Island, you know, Long Island to the Connecticut and Rhode Island, Lake Champlain. And so this, too, could create jobs if we're proactive and say, we're making this transition. Hey, ferry companies, we're creating a great market here in New York establish a manufacturing presence and make ferries that we'll use. Well, finally, turning to the aviation sector, I'm not aware of a zero emission uh, plane that can transport hundreds of people. So when it comes to aviation and reducing our greenhouse gas emissions, is this legislation primarily focused on some of the activities around the margins when it comes to supporting plane travel? It's more than that, but it's preparing New York State for the advent of zero emission aviation. And so what the bill does is that it requires airports to, by 2030, use zero emission ground support equipment. And by doing that, that prepares the airports for the advent of electric aircraft. It accelerates the use of, use of sustainable aviation fuel in New York State. That will be needed for long-distance flights. Uh, there won't be airplanes in the immediate future that can travel from New York to Los Angeles, for example. And the way to decarbonize those flights are via sustainable aviation fuel. California has been very proactive. New York State is not. So this would accelerate the availability of sustainable aviation fuel in, in New York airports. And then it provides some incentives to create a market. So it says to flying schools and to flying clubs in New York State, and they will probably be the first to use electric airplanes, will help pay for 
the charging infrastructure so that you can use electric airplanes. So it prepares New York State for this change. But the change is coming faster than you might think. So New York State has, without really being proactive, has two champions. One is called Beta Technologies. We share that company with Vermont, their production facilities in Burlington, uh, but they just announced in December a $41 million investment in the Plattsburgh Airport using Plattsburgh as a delivery, a testing and delivery center. And it's likely that their aircraft will be certified by the FAA this year or next year, certainly by next year. And so um, their aircraft can seat uh, six people and the range is just under 300 miles and they're selling to the, to the military now. Another one is Wright Electric. Wright Electric is working on a 100 person passenger airplane, which Wright hopes to deploy in 2027. So that's only a few years from now. Um, and that will focus on flights of an hour or less. There are tens of companies around the world focusing on zero emissions aircraft. So if New York State helps create a market and says, we're here for business, uh, please either expand in New York State or come and establish a presence that will create uh, great jobs here in the state. Well, unfortunately, we have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Wayne Arden. They're the vice chair of the Sierra Club's New York City Group. Wayne, thanks so much for making the time. Thanks so much for uh, having me. Support for the Capitol Press Room is provided by New York State United Teachers, a statewide union of nearly 700,000 professionals in education and healthcare.